Praise the Lord! What a good day to be alive! Today I'm going to share with you a very exciting prophetic topic. Something new, something more. I believe God has something new and something more for each one of our lives and for our church and the body of Christ. I believe heaven right now is so busy, the angels are so busy cooking in the kitchen because there's a new recipe, a new fresh manner, better than the one in the wilderness, ready for His children. As the pandemic finishes and a new phase, a new season is coming forth, God has something more, something new for each one of us. Turn with me if you have a Bible to the book of Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to read to you from the Amplified Version, all right? Do not remember the former things and do not consider the things of all. Behold, God says, I will do a new thing. It shall spring forth. Don't you know it? You will be even uh, make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In the midst of Isaiah 43, a very powerful passage that God is reassuring His people that He is with them. And then He says something prophetic that, that no matter what pounds you have gone through, the pandemic, the suffering, the loss of job, business, the death of loved ones, and, and the list goes on. He says, look, do not consider, do not ponder, don't, don't even remember what's past because God is doing something new and something more. And I believe this is a hunger and the thirst that God's going to put in each one of our hearts here. And as we begin to look to God, as we begin to focus our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, God's going to birth a new hunger, a new thirst for the things of God, for Him, a fresh encounter with Him, for something new, something more. I was just thinking of this guy called Joshua in the Bible, a very familiar character. The Bible says Joshua was an assistant to Moses. I could picture it in my mind as Moses went up to the mountain and, and encountered God Almighty in the glory in the mountain and the fire and the brimstones and the cloud. And the Bible says Joshua was waiting at the foot of the mountain, so faithful assistant. He was told he couldn't go beyond and he just could sit and wait at the foot of the mountain. And could you imagine uh, as Moses walked down with this glory on his face, his face shone so brightly. The Bible says they could not even look at him because he was shining so brightly. He has to put a veil uh, so that the people will not be blinded by the glory. Now, could you see this young man? He must say, wow, this man of God, this Moses, he had an encounter face to face to God. He speaks face to face with God. And of course, I'm sure Joshua would have heard many stories from Moses uh, as he grew up under his leadership. He would, have, he would have said the 10 plagues that God sent in Egypt. And of course, as a young boy, uh, as Joshua walked, as God parted the Red Sea, as this great Moses, great leader, great man of God, lifted up his rod and, and the sea parted. What, what a feeling, what an awesome thing and to see on your left and your right and the fishes giggling and, and you're walking on a dry land. Wow! And as Joshua began to consider all these things, he said, wow, who can match this great Moses? But do you know something? 
when the leadership changed and Moses was gone to be with God, now Joshua became the next leader. And I'm sure Joshua would have asked, hey, I couldn't fit into the shoes of Moses. He's so big. And I had that kind of feeling before because I took over a church that was very big by a big pastor. You felt like, you know, your feet is so small and the shoe is so big. But I've got good news for you. You don't need to fit into anybody's shoes. God has the same size of shoes for you. God has an inheritance, a portion for each one of us. So we don't have to compare or compete. But what I'm trying to say is Joshua experienced miracles that Moses never had. Isn't that wonderful? Joshua experienced something new, something more where Moses didn't have. Let me prove to you. Do you know in Joshua 10, while he was fighting against all the bad kings, and they were winning, Joshua and the army were winning, and they were running out of time, the sun was about to set. You know, Joshua prayed an amazing prayer in verse 13. Where did he get the faith? He says, sun stand still. Wow, he's telling clock stop ticking. Whoa. And what's so amazing is God heard that prayer and made the sun and the moon to stand still. Wow, something new, right? Did Moses do it? No. Did anybody do it? No. And verse 14 of Joshua 10 says, God has never heard the prayer of a man like this before or after. Ooh, something new, something more that God has for Joshua despite Moses being great, greatly used. Let's look at another character in the Bible just to encourage us. They are, they are just normal human beings like Elijah uh, with the same passion, with the same weakness. He's just like us. He, he gets discouraged. He's suicidal. He's emotional. He wants to die. He's hungry. He needs to eat. So he's so human, maybe more human than most, most of us. We, most of us probably never prayed, Lord, I want to die or commit suicide, right? But Elijah did. Let's look at another character called Gideon. Now, the Bible says Gideon was threshing wheat in Judges 6. Where, where do you thresh wheat? Threshing floor. But no, 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 no. Gideon was threshing wheat where? Wine press. Wrong place, seemingly. Why did he do that? You see, he was creative. He was trying to hide it from the Midianites who were oppressing them and take all the plunder and take all the produce of the land. They were hungry. They were famished. So Gideon was very creative. You see, God has put so much creativity in us. We don't have to copycat. Just think of ways that God can lead us and guide us and use us. And so Gideon was threshing wheat at the wine press. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Hey, Gideon panicked. The Lord is with you. What? What did you say, angel? By the way, get ready. I believe there's going to be angelic visitation, angelic encounter. God's preparing His people to receive supernatural encounter, angelic encounter, Holy Spirit encounter. You know, it's so amazing. Last Sunday, my wife spoke in a church in Seremban, live church. I long for live service and live church. And she was speaking in Seremban, uh, live assembly. And she was sharing with me that, that while she was worshipping, she saw the Holy Spirit stand next to her and and you know she, she so i asked her how do you know it's holy spirit how do you know it's not jesus or an angel she said i knew and i knew and the holy spirit began to give her direction began to point to her who to minister to and what's their problem an amazing thing and as she began to lay hands on the sick she saw the hand of the holy spirit lay upon her 
I say, oh, wow, that is something new, something fresh I've never heard before, I never experienced before, and many people have never experienced. Now, this is just her personal experience that she just shared with me. And I'm, what I'm sharing is, I want to encourage you that God has something more, something new for us. And, and do not be settled for the old, do not be settled for the past, even though how great it was. Well, the Bakalala revival is great, the Barrio revival is great, the Azusa Street revival is great, but a greater revival is coming, dear. After the pandemic, I believe the glory of God is going to fill the earth as the water covers the sea. Great days are ahead of us. All right, come back to Gideon's story. When the angel says, Hey, God is with you. And he replied, If God is with us, where are the miracles of God? Is that your question too? Is that your seeking and your hunger? You know, Christianity is not cut and dry. Christianity is a relationship with God Almighty experiencing the supernatural, the miraculous. Why? Because God is supernatural and miraculous. Amen? So for example, prophecy. Prophecy is a gift that is so supernatural. God knows the future and we don't. Like my son, when he was 10 years old, a prophet came and prophesied that he's going to study in America. And then he's going to be an attorney, a lawyer, attorney. Now, th this is too much, right? How will you know the future? By the grace of God, Asher studied, my son, the last six years in America, and he just finished his uh, uh, bar exam, and he just graduated as a law student, and he just passed his bar exam, and now he is an attorney. Wow! How could a prophesy? prophesied so accurately. He could be a doctor, he could be a scientist, he could be an aeronautic engineer, he could be a president of America, he could be anything. But why so specific? It's amazing. He could be a preacher like a father. Now, this is a supernatural gift. By the way, some churches, some people still don't believe in prophecy. So sad. I spoke in a church recently, which I won't mention the name. And I was sharing about prophecy and prophetic declaration. Some of them couldn't receive it. C can you believe? I was just teaching all from the Bible, from 2 Kings 4. It is well. The Shunammite woman, the son, died. Now, what would you do as a mother when your son died? Cry, have a funeral. But, but when the husband asked her, what's wrong? She says, nothing wrong. It is well. When she met Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, Gehazi, what happened? She said, it is well. What, what is she doing? She is declaring, it is well that she's declaring her miracle. She's declaring that the son, though dead, God's going to raise him back. Wow, isn't that a powerful? Her faith, her prophetic declaration. Finally, she saw the breakthrough and the miracle. So, what I'm saying is, the days of miracles are coming. The gifts of the Holy Spirit is going to be poured upon so many of us. And just like Gideon, where are the miracles of God? Are you hungering for the things of God? i got good news for you. It shall come to pass. God used Gideon in an amazing way. 300 soldiers, 300 men, untrained, unarmed, no spears, no, no swords, fighting with a big army. How to win, huh? And all they have is trumpets and pitchers and, and torches. Hey, whoever go to fight in the war huh, using trumpets and pitch and, and, and torches? Crazy, right? 
but God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. That's where the supernatural uh, touch of God, the supernatural power and miracle of God come into play. You see, if we can do things ourselves with our own human intellect and wisdom and knowledge, then why do we need God? Monsieur well don't need God, right? But we need God because He needs to work into our lives something that we cannot. I always tell my son, study all you can, what you cannot, leave it to the hand of God. There's something that's beyond us. That's where God comes in. Amen? So Gideon, what he experienced? He experienced the miracle, just like those who are hungry and thirsty. What about Elisha? Let's look at this man called Elisha. And maybe some of you and many of us were able to identify He's just an ordinary farmer, a businessman you may call him. He had 12 yoke of oxen. He has 12 yoke of oxen, which means that he's a commercial farmer and, and he's a businessman. He's enough to probably provide for his family, for his children. No, he's a single, so he's not married. He was staying with the parents. So I, the Bible didn't say how long he was plowing and doing this business, this farming. But I sense in my heart that there is something in his heart that cried out, God, there must be something more. There must be something new than every day, nine to five, go to work, office, come back. Go to work, office, come back, content with the jam now, traffic jam. I'm, I'm sure there's something more. There's something more even though income is good, even though the business is good, even though the salary is good. Yes, it, it meets my needs, it pay my bills, but, but I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God. Surely there's something more. I read in the Bible that God performed miracles. God used various people in an amazing way. Ordinary people like the servants that bring the water to Jesus and Jesus turned the water into wine. I mean, have you been to a wedding where, where the water turned into wine and the best wine? By the way, Wine takes about three years from planting to harvest and making wine that is good stuff. Take at least three years. But Jesus, in less than three seconds, turned water into wine. Wow, this is called the miracle of acceleration. What take three years, he shortened it to less than three seconds. Wow, that's a God we serve. How do you explain He multiplied the fishes and the loaves? Two fish, five, uh, two loaves, two fishes and five loaves of little bread, a lunch of a young boy. And He multiplied to feed the multitude at least 5,000. Unthinkable. Now, there could be shortage of food some days. You know, this pandemic, uh, COVID, just revealed the weaknesses of human being, the weaknesses of planet Earth, the inadequacy. Someday, there could be the mark of the beast. You must take it or you cannot buy and sell. 666 or whatever you call it. Now, Pastor Chiu just finished the book of Revelation. You are very knowledgeable now. Now, the question is, if you are around and you are forced to, or you cannot buy and sell, you cannot eat, what do you do? I think that time where we need to trust God for supernatural intervention, for supernatural multiplication of the food, for supernaturally protecting you. Uh, you know, the, the glory of God is so bright, they, they, you know, the, 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 the army or the police cannot even locate you. you know, they're going to catch you because you are not taking the mark of the beast. They will hunt you like an like animal. You know? So I, I think there will come a point 
maybe not, not that distant future. I believe there's some point in our life where we need to believe God for the supernatural. What if you come back from the doctor's appointment and they say you got cancer and only three months to live? That's now you suddenly awaken. Hey, doctors cannot heal. Oncologists cannot help you. Chemotherapy, uh, most people died after taking. <laughs> I mean, the success rate is not great for those who have later stage of cancer. So what do you do? Well, you need to trust God. You need to trust God for supernatural healing and miracles. Like my son, he passed on. He, he died in the womb of the mother in two months. Wow. When he was in the womb of the mother in two months, he, he died. God raised him back. And guess what? His head was not growing from six months to nine months. And, but he was born a natural normal baby. Why? Because we believe in God. Because I believe in James 1.17, the promise of God's word. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from God the Father. So the gift of my little baby in the womb of the mother is from God the Father. So it has to be good and perfect. I was declaring it prophetically. I was praying it into being my miracle and it happened. So, our God is so amazing. I want to encourage you, there's something new, there is something more waiting for us. Guess what? Elisha felt there was something more. As he plowed the oxen, suddenly Elijah, the great prophet, came and put a mantle on him, a sign from heaven that his desire, his prayer is answered. You know, he did something so drastic. Sometimes God leaders do drastic things, like what? Give up his profession, kill the oxen, take all the instrument, burn it and give it away, the meat and all, and say, bye-bye, father, mother, I'm going to follow Elijah. Just carry his bag, wash his clothes, cook for him. What amazing, amazing. You know what happened? He performed twice the amount of miracles that Elijah performed. Wow. You know, the ending of Elisha's life was so exciting. Something new, something more. You know, Elijah was great. He performed eight powerful miracles in the Bible. But Elisha performed 16. You know, the last miracle, when he died, his bones left. You know, the, the flesh is gone. His bones left in the graveyard. A dead man, poop, touched his bones, came back to life. That's not too bad a miracle. How do you explain? I don't know, but I just believe whatever the Bible says. You see, if you take out the supernatural and the miracles from the Bible, I think there's nothing much left. Alright, let's go to the New Testament, Acts 10. Acts 10 is another exciting scripture. Basically, there's two main characters in Acts 10, Cornelius and Peter. The Bible says in Acts 10, there's a certain man called Cornelius. He's a centurion, an army man. And, and he feared God and, and suddenly had a visitation from the angel, Cornelius, your arms, your giving and your prayers have ascended unto heaven as a memorial. Wow, powerful scripture in Acts 10 verse 2. God records all our prayers, all our giving. Ooh. So keep on giving, give, keep on praying, give 
Keep on giving your time, your talent, your treasure unto God. Someday, someplace, like, like the water that goes up to form the cloud, and some days there will be showers from heaven. There will be windows of heaven pour down into you, you blessings that you've got no room to contain. So when I talk about blessing, not necessarily financial, but the salvation of the loved ones, deliverance, healing, breakthroughs, open doors, visa, uh, get a good job, get a godly wife. You know, there are, there are many blessings that are not defined by dollars and cents, okay? So when I use the word blessing, it's not just finance. So there, there are many blessings and what did Cornelius experience? He was not even born again. He is a centurion, a soldier, a police. Believe me, God's going to invade the armies, those in the army, in the military, those in the police force. Can you imagine they become born again, speak in tongues? You know, in America, sometimes it's so refreshing to see all these soldiers, they, they form a circle, they pray, you know, they ask God's blessing and protection before they go to war, before they do something. Is, isn't that wonderful? You see those in a uniform raising their head and says, Dan sings my soul. I pray you happen in your nation. I pray it will happen in Malaysia one day. Do I hear an amen? So anyway, Cornelius had a great visitation. An angel of God came. Said, Cornelius, your prayers, your arms have ascended to God. And Cornelius, I want you to get Peter, Apostle Peter, to come and get this man to come to your house to share with you the gospel. Now, Cornelius was was religious but he was not born again there's a lot of difference between somebody who is religious and somebody who is not born again you see unless you are born again you cannot enter the kingdom of god so salvation it's very important for us you know uh, to, to to be born again and and so that when we die we'll go to heaven we receive salvation we receive redemption okay that our sins are all forgiven all right so cornelius don't know who is Apostle Peter. Now, a non-Christian wouldn't know who is Red Bonky, who is Billy Graham, and, and who is Philip the Evangelist. He doesn't know. He is not in the clique. We Christians know, right? Who is Red Bonky, who is Billy Graham. We all know. But Cornelius, you ask a man in the streets, you ask the market fella, Red Bonky, you say, who is Red Bonky? What Bonky? He bonks at you, is it? So, so he wouldn't know. So just like Cornelius, who is Apostle Peter? He doesn't know. And God gave the address. Peter is staying at such and such a place. Oh, isn't it wonderful? The angel gave the exact address. And Cornelius sent two men to invite Apostle Peter. Now, what am I saying is, here is a Gentile. Here is a Jew. The gospel at this point of time from Acts 1 until Acts 9, the gospel is only to the Jews. The Gentile, the non-Jews never get a chance to hear the gospel. Acts 10 is so powerful because God is doing something new, something more that they have not seen. Peter and all the disciples greatly used by God. They have not seen something new, something more that God is doing. What happened? So Peter came to Cornelius' house. And Cornelius has brought all his family members, relatives and close friends into the house to hear this great Peter to speak. The Bible says Peter began to speak the gospel and while he speaks, the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell down upon Cornelius and all the non-Christians. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were born again. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit and baptized in water in one day. Unheard of, uh? How many of you Christians 
born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and baptized on the same day. Wow. Or on the same week. Wow. Isn't that outstanding? There was something new God was doing. Something so uh, precious and new and fresh. You see, Peter has never preached to the Gentile. Just like Peter has never eaten uh, char siu, uh, sorry, barbecue pork. So it wasn't eating barbecue pork, the vision that Peter had. It was telling him that what God has cleansed, don't say is unclean. You see, the Gentiles were considered unclean. So, you know, they, but God loves every human being on planet Earth. God loves you even as you hear this. Whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, you're Buddhist, you're Hindu, whoever you are, whatever religion, God loves you and Jesus died for you. So He loves you and when you receive Jesus, you receive salvation, you re all your sins are forgiven. And when you leave this earth, God has a place for you in heaven, a beautiful mansion, alright? So what happened? Peter, at this point in Acts 10, probably said, I've seen it all, I've done it all. Mind you, Peter walked on water. Mind you, at Get Beautiful, Peter uh, raised this guy who was lame from birth. Somebody who never walked from birth, suddenly leaping, jumping and praising God. Wow! Instant miracle! It's not gimmicks, it's not suggestion, it's a powerful miracle. And then next in Acts 5, the shadow of Peter healed the sick, not even laying hands. How about that? Not too bad, right? So what I'm saying is Peter probably have come to a point in Acts 10, I've seen it all, done it all. I'm sure some of you are like me. Sometimes I feel I've been, I've been in the ministry a long time. I've been in the church for the last 41 years. I've been born again for 41 years. Sometimes I felt, oh, I've seen it all. I've seen miracles. I've seen so many things in my life. Is there something more, something new? Yes, the resounding yes from the Holy Spirit. And that's how God laid upon this message in my heart, that God has something more, something wonderful in store for each one of us. I believe there's going to be a fresh connection, supernatural connection. You see, Peter doesn't know Cornelius. Cornelius doesn't know Peter. But they are connected supernaturally. Get ready. There's going to be a supernatural kingdom connection that's going to happen in your life, in your ministry. And, and, and God connect them for a greater purpose, for a greater things that God has in store for us. Let me just share quickly an example. A few years ago, you know, we, we have our yearly international prophetic conference. And one day God spoke to this guy called Samuel, a real name, Samuel Tan. He says, go to Paul Ang's conference. So Samuel said, who, who is Paul Lang? I don't know Paul Lang. So he began to Google and ask around. And finally he found that I have a prophetic conference. So he signed up, registered in the prophetic conference. And he was so blessed. We got connected. And today he's an associate minister of us. You know, we ordain him and, and we are good friends. And, and it's amazing how God supernaturally connects people. I can tell you many wonderful divine connection, supernatural divine connection at the right place, at the right time, and meet the right person. Just like Ruth met Boaz, a Gentile lady met a wonderful godly man called Boaz. Now, Ruth was a widow, just lived from hand to mouth, got no future, no wealth, no relative except Boaz, you know, which she doesn't know, she's, she's from Moab. And, and she got zero, she got nothing. But I'm sure 
because the God of Israel is alive, the God that Naomi served, that she followed the God of Naomi, the mother-in-law, and there's hope, there is future. I want you to know that in Jesus Christ, there's hope, there's future for you. No matter what the pandemic has done to you and your family, there's hope, there's future. As long as you're still breathing, there's hope. And guess what? You know the story. Uh, Ruth married Boaz in chapter 4 of Ruth. And out of the union came Obed. And Obed is the father of Jesse. And Jesse is the father of David. And out of the lineage of David came Jesus Christ, the Savior, the son of David. Now, how would you think uh, this little lady called uh, 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 Ruth, a Moabite girl, not much background about her, ordinary girl, simple girl, and now the generations of her bloodline comes the Savior. She began to impact nations and generations. She began to write history. Just a little girl of nowhere. So is the story Bible about Esther and Joseph, a criminal, uh, quote unquote, he was a criminal serving in jail for something he didn't do. He didn't commit adultery with Mrs. Potipar. That's why he was thrown in prison. But guess what? An Egyptian... He is a Jew and he's in Egypt. And in one day, God's supernatural favor take him from prison to palace. That's our God. That's our God. That reminds me of my son. You see, my, my son has just graduated as uh, I shared just now. And he's, uh, he's an attorney. He just passed his bar exam. And, and, and he was doing internship with this law firm in Oklahoma. And the law firm was paying him peanuts, paying very little. And, um, and, and he has a boss that is not very nice, short-tempered. And one day he was scolded and shouted at for a mistake that he didn't do. You know, some of you working, you know. And boss is always right. So he came back so discouraged, so down. And he called us. He called my wife and myself. And, and he told us, he says, Dad, I want to resign. I want to... I said, hold on, hold on. You got a job. You just graduated. And, and you want to resign. Wait till you get another job. So I say, Asher, why don't you apply to other law firms? There are hundreds and thousands of law firms in the country. Why don't you just apply? And my son said, Dad, I want to tell you something. In America, you have uh, no law firm will ever take a fresh graduate. You have to do internship with them while you are a student in the law school. And when they like you, they will employ you upon graduation. So no law firm will ever take you as a fresh graduate. So I said, yes, I know this is natural, but how about Joseph? He doesn't have a qualification. He's a criminal in the eyes of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. He, he was thrown in prison. There was no education, no qualification. He got nobody. He's not related to any politician or anybody. But you see, the connection, he was connected supernaturally with the cupbearer. And then God supernaturally promoted him, exalted him, the favor of God, and he became the prime minister. I say, son, there is thing called God's factor. There's a thing called God is alive. God's on the throne. He can fix up a job. He can fix up a divine encounter and connection that is beyond you. I didn't even know I was prophesying to him as I was talking to him. He was very down, very discouraged. I said, please don't resign. 
to make the short story long, so he went to sit for his bar exam. He graduated, uh, you know, we, by the grace of God, we went for his graduation in May this year during the lockdown in the middle of Malaysian big time lockdown. We have to apply my travel pass, uh, uh, yes, from the immigration before we can even fly out. And it's amazing they let us go. That's again the favor of God. You see, there's something called the supernatural favor of God. Anyway, so. What happened was, as he went for his bar exam, on his way back, he had lunch with his old friend in Dallas. And his friend was uh, working in a law firm. And so he took him to see the two bosses who are Christian. Just a very informal thing, uh, informal uh, meeting. And out of it, this big law firm in Dallas, a Christian law firm that specialized in securities and, and real estate, offered Asher a good job, a good pay, a good package. And he just worked for that company about a month now. Wow. He told me that no law firm will take a fresh graduate. God just proven him wrong. This law firm who doesn't know him since Adam took him. And he's doing very well now by the grace of God. You see, we need the favor of God in every area of life. Let's close. I'm going to close by telling you a last testimony, amazing testimony. And I pray as you hear this message, something birthed into your spirit. That's my prayer. A faith, uh, something birthed into your spirit to experience a fresh encounter with God, experience angels, experience miracle, experience breakthrough, experience supernatural provision, experience healings. I'm going to end with healing. And as you hear this story, you may wonder whether it's faith, presumption or foolishness. You decide as the audience whether it's faith, presumption or foolishness. In May this year, which is a few months ago, we left for States and two weeks before we left for States, you know, we have our prayer walk every morning about six o'clock. Me and my wife, we go for this prayer walk for two reasons. Number one, for exercise. And if you don't have two hearts, you better exercise. If you have two hearts, then you don't need to exercise. The second reason we go for prayer walk is uh, we want to use that time to pray for my son. So one morning, we went for a walk and there's a Christmas tree just outside our house. The night before, there was a big thunderstorm. And as we went for the walk, the, the street light was very bright. And Krishna saw a lot of mushrooms just appeared overnight. She loves mushrooms. She loves mushroom soup. And she was also on a fast, so she thought that mushroom soup would be perfect. So when we got back from a walk, she quickly collected all the mushrooms. She cooked uh, mushroom soup and uh, mushroom stir-fry. And she ate, and then she turned to me and said, Paul, won't you want to eat? And I jokingly said, I said, if you don't die in two hours, then I will eat. So two hours passed, three hours passed, so nothing happened. So I ate the soup, I ate the stir-fry. And suddenly, about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I receive a text message. You see, um, we have three stories house, a little house, three stories. My wife was on second story on the ground floor, so she texts me. She said, come to, come to the room quickly. So I went to the room. She was seated on the toilet bowl. She was vomiting and she was having diarrhea at the same time. Now, if you know something, if you're vomiting, it's already bad. If you already have diarrhea alone, it's already bad. You have both up and down. Waterfall down, waterfall, both vomiting and diarrhea. For the next three hours, she was vomiting. The, the mushroom was poisonous. All right? Let, let me just describe the scenario to you. 
About this time, she's lying on the floor after three hours of vomiting non-stop, diarrhea or non-stop. She was lying down. She looks so pale. You know, she's an Indian. She looks like a Chinese. Her whole body was cold. And she said to me, call an ambulance. Not as loud as I speak, but so soft, a dying voice. I knew she was dying. I knew I was looking at a dying person. And I, I, I just have this supernatural peace. I just had this faith. I said, hold on, let, let me just pray first. I said, hold on, let me pray. She was lying on the floor, motionless, cold, lifeless. Her body was so, I knew, I knew she was dying and she could go off anytime. So I just laid my hand towards heaven. I said, Father, neutralize the poison in her body. And I prayed the second part of the prayer. I said, Father, send an angel and bring the healing balm upon her. And I laid my hands on her cold, dying body. <clears throat> and I prayed in tongues for a little while. The next thing I knew, she slept. She slept, and uh, after she slept, I suddenly realized, hey, I also took the mushroom, the stir-fry, and the soup. I was looking for stomach ache, stomach, you know, I was looking for vomiting, diarrhea. I said, how come uh, I don't feel anything? Maybe it's too early. I waited, waited, not. When she woke, woke up in the evening, she was totally healed. Now, I want to put a disclaimer here. Don't you try what I did. Alright, now this is what I believe. I was led by the Spirit. There was a gift of faith imparted. I saw an instant healing of God healing her and she was almost dead. And for me, somebody asked me, how come you add the same mushroom, probably more than her? How come you don't have poison? How come you don't have diarrhea or vomiting? I said, well, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved a little bit more. You know, Mark 16 says, you shall take poison, it shall not harm you. I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved a little bit more. Amen. I want to close right now and pray for you. And also for those who want to believe Jesus for the first time. I want to pray for you that, that you encounter God in a fresh way. You encounter the supernatural in a fresh way. You know, Christianity is dry, cut, and boring. But, but I want you to encourage you to, to believe God. There's some point in your life that you need to experience the miracle of God. Right, let me just pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I pray for every listener. Lord, a spark of faith will be ignited in each one's heart, Lord, that we can believe you, you're God Almighty. That everything you say, everything you do is supernatural, is miraculous. You open the Red Sea, that is miraculous. You stop the sun from continue to, to set that that's a miracle you you heal the sick the blind was instantly you multiply the bread and the fish you turn the water into wine that's all miracle is it past or is it for today and tomorrow father i believe you're getting ready the body of christ to experience salvations and miracles and healings and deliverance and revival and even right now lord i just thank you lord your impartation be released Right now, as you're listening, if you do not know Jesus, I want to give you this opportunity to believe in Jesus. If you just close your eyes and pray this from your heart sincerely, just follow after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you. Right now, Jesus, I ask you, forgive all my sin and everything I've committed wrong. 
And right now, Jesus, I open my heart. I ask you to come in to be my Savior and God. I ask you to forgive all my sins, cleanse me from all my sins and all unrighteousness. And thank you, Jesus, today as I receive Jesus as my Savior and God, I'm born again, washed by your blood. I'm a child of God. Thank you. In Jesus' name, I ask and I pray. Amen. God bless you.